All right. A dulcet, sultry tones of Frank Strozier and his quartet with Cloudy and Cool. This is from the 1960 album, Cool, Calm, and Collected. You know, like me. <laughs> what a lie that is. Frank Strozier is on alto sax, Billy Wallace on piano, Billy on bass, and Vernel Fournier on drums. This is Lead Stories. I'm Retreat Lead, and welcome back. Uh, it's good to be back with you together again. All right. So what are we talking about today? I'm going to ask you to do some thinking and conjecturing. Um, what does that mean? Well, you'll, you'll figure it out when, when I pose the question. Uh, so Barack Obama is back on the scene, and he is helping, at least this is the report, he is helping to push the Affordable Care Act, which, of course, was enacted while he was in office and president, and the current president was his vice president. And there is a need to fortify, to make it really solid, and to tinker with it and refine it so that even more people could be... Um, accommodated, even more people would qualify for coverage under the Affordable Care Act. At least this is the explanation. Do you have another end, another explanation for this? Or is it, ex is it exactly what is being said? That Obama has an opportunity, as he sees it, to run with the president, uh, the current president, as he conducts his re-election campaign. And this would be a fantastic thing to get across to Americans and to make sure they understand who is responsible for it. And they don't mind saying, well, we both worked hard on it and shepherded it through, and now you have it. But it's, it's not yet perfect. It's not yet where we want it, so we're working together to perfect it. How does that explanation stand with you? 888-874-4888. I would like to know, what do you think of that? explanation. Now, it's feasible, it's, it sounds logical, but is that the only thing that brings Barack Obama to Washington, D.C. again, the first time, actually, since he left office? He's returning to his old stomping grounds. This is most unusual. Could you put this into context for us and Prove your point, your observation of what this is about. What is it about? Is it exactly as it is 
explained that this is a way to uh, just send this message home and to get people to, again, uh, come out in support of it and look at the Affordable Care Act as a viable solution, a very important addition to their survival tools, actually. And here is a past president coming to Washington, D.C., the first time since he left office, and he is doing nothing so far except to really back the amendment, if you will, of the Affordable Care Act. I want to know, is something kind of missing here in terms of an explanation? What could possibly be the explanation other than what is being told to the public? What could possibly be part of the reason for Barack Obama to show up again? Any ideas? Let's let's do some foraging for ideas on that particular question and why we should ask it. 888-874-4888. Let's get ready to rumble right now. <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking and... Uh, not necessarily we're looking for conspiracy theories, but we're looking at something most unusual. You, you've never had in history a former president coming back to assist a sitting president in advancing what is considered or what he considers to be a... a, a a seminal piece of legislation that will benefit millions of Americans. What say you? Is that the only reason? What could any other reason be? Let's share it from you. You're, you're astute observers of politics. Let's hear what's in your mind about this sudden revival of Barack Obama. 888-874-4888. I don't see anybody on the board yet. You know, you guys are getting slow. I thought I was the only one who was going to get slow here. You're getting, you're getting up in age. You're moving very slowly. You've got to get some more pep in your step. You should have, or it might have occurred to you that it's, not just that. There might be some other reason or reasons that Barack Obama has appeared again. And uh, particularly since he was so adamant that once he left office, that was it. He was going to go on and do his thing, and suddenly he shows up. And he is telling the world it's all about the Affordable Care Act. Chris from West Palm Beach, you're on the air. Good afternoon, Eutrice. It's been a while. I hope all is well. Thank you. I hope all is well with you, too. Yes, it is. 
uh, I, you know, last, it's funny last night, you know, I was browsing the internet and social media and I saw, you know, Obama in the white house again. The only thing I could do was laugh because one to me that indicates how desperate the democratic party is to maintain relevance, to keep the support of their voters. And they're also trying to make it seem as if they are doing something for the people by going back down the help us save the Affordable Care Act again. Okay. I think you have a point there. Keep going. And, you know, he is their, he is their ace in the hole in terms of trying to keep the the faithful Democratic voters in line. You know, you'll get some wayward folks who may say, oh, they're not doing exactly what I want. The reintroduction of Obama specifically in the White House, in the Oval Office, has some psychological effect on them, on some of those people. Like, for you, you treat that doesn't work. Like, I'm sure you look at it and laugh or maybe are disgusted by it. Um, I know, and really, I I think it is a very interesting development. I'm waiting to see how it unfolds. Yes, so if you were to look on Twitter, for instance, um, Barack Obama has since posted uh, a recap of their battle to pass the Affordable Care Act. You know, he he mentioned how hard Harry Reid worked and Pelosi himself and Joe Biden, etc., uh, so, again, this is more of a nostalgia play as I look at it. Um, but the larger point is that the Democrats see their poll numbers and they know it's not good. So this is their last ditch. This is their last uh, attempt. Like, oh, man, we're we're really we're running low on gas. we got to play the Obama card. okay you know I think you made some solid points there Uh, I especially like the idea that you you so neatly hinge the past with the present and it makes sense and uh, I don't think it's far-fetched at all what you're saying. I think you have a solid point. Thank you for offering it for our consideration today. Thank you. Brother Dave from Brooklyn, you're on the air. What uh, good, afternoon. Um, good afternoon. All right. From my perspective, uh, that is telling me who Obama and Biden rarely work for. Uh, Obama is getting in there to back up uh, Biden uh, with this uh, corporate plan, plan, and that plan is one that benefits the uh, corporate insurance industry. So he is blunting the uh, drive that some people have, like uh, or oh, maybe uh, some progressive people, for a national health care system. So he is reinforcing this profit-making, bogus plan for health service for people that actually leaves millions of people out and is a benefit to the corporate interests who are the 
uh, real bosses of this country. This is a, a corporate state, uh, and it is run by those people in that 1%. And this is beneficial to them to keep this so-called Obama plan in place and blunt anyone who is looking for a national health care plan that benefits all the people, and that's what's going on. And in addition to that, it uh, uh, gives some cachet to Biden to have the uh, uh, former president, uh, who has a lot of fans, uh, to come on board with maybe making a few cosmetic changes in this so-called uh, affordable Obama plan that was put into place in his administration rather than doing what he said in the, uh, before that time that I think he was some, had some interest in affordable care plan and uh, Medicare for all, and but that was all put aside once he got in, and uh, that was the end of it, and they put in the insurance plan that we have now that is very inefficient and does not serve all the people in the country. Well, that does it for the program today. I'm going to fold up and go away. All the answers have just been given. <laughs> Brother Dave, aren't you being cynical? No, I think I'm being realistic. I think it's very realistic. Uh, people have to get by the uh, problem that we have that we don't have any media that serves the interests of the people. The, the media serves the interests of those who rule and uh, their job is to keep people quiet and get people thinking in certain directions and not think about how one would really uh, solve the problem of having good health care that benefits the people and not the corporate interest that runs the country. You know, we live in a fascist state, co cooperation of uh, the uh, corporate people and the uh, uh, people in government and th those people in government, the Congress, they work for the corporations. They come first. And this also brings up the point I've made before. You cannot serve two masters. And the masters of this country are the corporations from top to bottom. Oh, wow. Well, here's an interesting thing. I happen to like your analysis very much. I think you're right on point. But I think you. you still have some interesting things to point out. Patricia from New York hopefully could fill us in. Hi, Patricia, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, you, Trace, and good afternoon, good afternoon to the PLN family. I hope all is Thank well. You. Uh, I think I'm going to have to agree with both of the previous callers. Um, I think, you know, Obama and people like Sharpton, they're the heavyweights. They're the go-to gatekeepers that we go to when we are uh, in desperate in desperate uh, need of 
the party being bolstered. So if you look at all of the most recent polls, their they, their support the support amongst the base is really really plummeting. So um, I've seen mm. I've seen numbers decrease from fifty nine percent to thirty three percent for Black Americans and Hispanics. Um, I've seen a decrease from the twenties into the teens for Hispanics. And even um, a few days ago, I heard Ocasio Cortez um, publicly talking about how young people are deserting the Democratic Party. So they know that they're in trouble. And so, and when, so when you get in trouble, what you do is you, you, you know, you have your insurance, you have your heavy hitters, and you pull them out. You know, you pull them out of the woodwork and you say, you know, go to work. And that's pull out the heavy hitters. But what, yeah. what in this instance makes Barack Obama a heavy hitter for Biden. You know, despite what the audience on, on, on this program might think, he still has a lot of weight. He is still beloved by black America, regardless of what we think. And so when you get into trouble, that's who you call. Who you call? Ghostbusters. That's who you call. <laughs> so here comes the head Ghostbuster to save the day. There you go. But what does that what does that say then about Biden and not only his current campaign but his previous campaign? Well I think people are beginning to recognize that he really was the default choice. He wasn't he wasn't the choice that people wanted. He was that lesser of two evils as they say. Um, and so people are very dissatisfied, and and I think there's a rec- there's universal recognition of that, and so and so we're seeing the response to that. Mm. And what is the incentive for an Obama to show up and to go, you know, with him, walk with him, and uh, do some more campaigning on the. Uh, the Affordable Care Act. He's a good, loyal soldier. Oh, that's a tweet. <laughs> He's a good, loyal soldier. Any possible, any possible motives that we haven't considered yet? Well, I don't think he's going to resurrect himself. I mean, that would be the only other. Um, alternative that he is going to somehow come back. I don't think that that's a possibility. So Obama, you see as a really good Trump card, pardon that pun. I didn't mean that Donald Trump, but a Trump card for Biden, Obama coming in at this time and people are seeing them, you know, like they used to be. We're buddies, we're pals, we're working together, and we are dedicated to seeing this piece of legislation through and benefits for all, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it almost reminds me when when Clinton used to get in trouble, he used to call on, on, on Jesse Jackson, and Jesse Jackson was always there to give him penance. Um. It reminds me of that. Okay. I think you have a very, very strong point. 
I think you have a very strong point there. And I happen to agree with you that, but we have a little bit further to go. Is, is uh, not Obama, is Biden, could you say or conjecture whether Biden feels confident with the black vote right now? He knows that it has evaporated like the wind. He knows that. Hmm. And why has it evaporated? Oh, I think black America is beginning to wake up. Um, I, I think the, the blinders are beginning to disappear. The Democratic Party and Biden specifically, um, I think they're beginning to recognize that they have failed black America. And I think, you know, this is really, the time is really ripe to begin to introduce the concept of a black political party, almost like a, a black tea party, to be a voice for black people in this country. I think right now the time is ripe for people to begin to raise the concept of a black political party because there is such dissatisfaction right now with the Democrats. Wow. Well, I think you're onto something here, and I'm glad that you offered it for our consideration today. Thank you, Patricia, and we'll be hearing from you a little bit more later on toward the end of the month, right? Oh, she's gone. Okay. Uh, Ed from Queens, tell us exactly what you see. In this well, how you doing? First of all, good afternoon. Okay. You know, I love that. How we greet each other always in with, with good manners, and we always say good afternoon. <laughs> I like that. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with etiquette, you know. I think it's lacking, to be totally honest with you. There's nothing I wrong with etiquette. I agree with you. I agree some with you. Some procedures need to be adhered to. But me and my sons are still here hanging, and uh, to me, this is basically a propaganda blast from the past. We've been getting a lot of propaganda here lately, in my opinion, in the standard flow of media, and this is just to bring people back to the good old days. The midterms are approaching. Obamacare is up for expiration, and uh, we're going to bring you—we're going to bring you—you know—the hits that you love, the hits that you. Want to hear again? <laughs> remember, remember Papa Joe and oldies with goodies. The oldies with goodies. There you go. Yeah, we got to bring back the good feeling. Remember Papa Joe and O'Biden. Remember the dynamic duo, Batman and Robin. That's what we're showing you. You know, yeah. we want you to feel warm and fuzzy for the midterms coming up, so we don't lose our totally lose our behinds in this thing. But that's all this is. I mean, uh, you know, Obama, like uh, like our previous caller said, he's a loyal soldier. Biden is a is a is a eternal foot soldier, <laughs> a, a servant of empire, and uh, they're just doing their doing what they're supposed to be doing for massa. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that was rough. That was a rough one. But if it ain't rough, it ain't right. right. <laughs> <laughs> what is Obama to gain at this point. He already is credited with the idea of floating the the Affordable Care Act. Uh, Biden didn't do too well with it at all. 
But Obama was the one who championed the Affordable Care Act and got it passed. So of what value is it that Obama now, the the tables have turned, Obama is now uh, championing Biden's support of the Affordable Care Act? Well, well, personally, I mean, on the surface, like I said, uh, it's propaganda. It's to, to the midterms are coming. Biden's numbers are in the toilet. His administration is at for to to be to be generous, confused at best, if not totally ineffective. Um, the the crisis in Ukraine is really making him look like, in my opinion, is making him look very weak. And uh, this is just to, like I said, an oldies but goodies tour to bring you back to bring your mind back to when. The government was quote unquote sane when we had what appeared to be a strong leader at the helm, and to to reaffirm that in the, in the hearts and minds of the faithful, to get them out there for the midterms. The midterms. This is all focusing on the midterms, as far as I'm concerned. The midterms have historically low turnouts, and uh, if you look at historically, also any time the the Democrats have won the, the executive branch. Uh, of a party, or the, the, the same part of the different, uh, the different side of the same coin wins wins the House and the Senate, and it's always been that way. The, that it's a dynamic opposition, and uh, turnout for the midterms is historically low. Uh, young people are turned off by this administration. Why well, I can't blame them? All the promises that he made in the beginning, he usurped on the fight for fifteen. The, uh, the 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 student le- student loans he could he could change student loans with an executive order he doesn't do that the fight for fifteen he totally gave up on all of the, uh, the 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 environmental actions and and proposals that he was supposed to take as far as the green new deal he buckled on so I mean he's he he's he's milk toast and this is just an attempt to rally the troops so that uh, the Democrats can come through the midterm elections. Not so badly scathed, but uh, that's a, I think we're in for a rude awakening. And I'm telling you, I, I hate to say it, but Trump is really becoming something, and people are sleeping on it. Like it or not, 2024 he could be the we could have a repeat, and I don't know what's going to happen then. Does it is it significant that in the same way that Barack Obama was uh, a partner in this whole thing. In fact, he championed it. And Biden was vice president. Does it seem obvious to you that there's something wrong with the total exclusion of Kamala Harris, the current vice president? Well, you, you pointed that out from the beginning. And, and I, I concurred with you. I mean, you know, this is ridiculous. <laughs> your, your, your vice president, your your right hand, your your policy enforcer, your 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 deciding vote in the House and the Senate. She's not included in anything. She's not included in war rooms. They they don't. They, like I said, they can't, he can't parlay with her. I mean, they started off at odds. In the, in the beginning, if everybody remembers the primary and how she called him yeah. out about his racist views pertaining to busing, and uh, you know it's been a, it's been an uneasy marriage of convenience from the jump, 
and uh, he hasn't even tried to make forays to make it look like a unified front. I mean, she's off doing her own thing or being regaled to lesser roles, and he's calling he's calling on the, the old eight. He's calling on the old varsity team to come back and and and, and put, up a, <laughs> put up a good front. I mean, come on, you don't even rally your own troops, man. It's it's sad. I mean, it really is sad. The state of lack of political savvy that these people have. And I got to blame us again because we allow this mediocre class of professional politician to manifest itself in our lives. I mean, you know, yeah, this country is, Calvin Cooley said near a century ago, business of America is business. But there are levers that we could pull as a people. We've done it. This society has done it before, and we could do it again. But, you know, you know, you got to put some skin in the game. You got to put some meat on the table. And it's going to be inconvenient. But, hey, what do you got? Like I said, you know, nothing is what you do. We're seeing Obama sharing the values of Biden in this regard. And I thought it was kind of glaring that, you know, okay, the, the former president comes back and this is something, this piece of legislation was a specific help to him in getting elected and so forth. But, geez, there's a vice president right there, and nobody, she's not part of any of this at all. So it's like the two guys said, hey, we're back. Let's let's give him another run for the money. And she's like, that was a little weird. She's like the red-headed stepchild of the family. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she, has, she has no, no, you know, she has no cachet within the, within this, and it's and it's it's sad. For, personally, I think it's sad for her as far as being a, a woman of color, first to have this position and to be treated this way to be left out of the equation. I mean, Dan Quayle got more cachet than her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that's hard to say, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it, it's true. It's true. Uh, you can't deny it. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? And and it's not, it doesn't even make good political sense. I mean, play to your strong suit. I've been using her every way because she, she, she's got she's got the ability to transcend his weakness, but he doesn't use it. He doesn't use That's it. Too you know, bad. She's got that too ability. I get, I, I'm not. I'm not in her corner, but I believe she's got the ability to transcend his weakness if he would just really pull her into the fold and work with her. I don't know what his political advisors are telling him, but you know it's a sinking ship. But uh, what are you going to do? Wow. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your contribution today, Ed. As usual. Thank you, Thank you so far. We we we're good. We're good so far. Be on point. Mm-hmm. We'll take this little break and come back to part two of the same question, and that gives people a little extra time to compose their thoughts. We'll be right back after this. Oh man, that was a really nice piece of music. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Utrice Lead, and we're talking about. The, hmm, how do I call it? The the return on the political scene 
of Barack Obama, the former president of the United States, who was very instrumental in getting Joe Biden elected. Joe Biden worked with him as his vice president. And now they are joining up and carrying this, this, uh, what should I say? What do you call this? This piece of legislation called the Affordable Care Act, which was passed under uh, Obama, and now we have the symbolic transfer, if you will, of the power and the, the blessing and the encouragement of Obama to Biden. Uh, we just finished talking about the fact that here we have these two guys, and nowhere on the scene is Kamala Harris, the current vice president of the United States. That is a very nasty thing to do. Um, she should have been part of the conversation, especially since the Affordable Care Act is serving all these different purposes right now. Biden is not doing well in the polls. He's not doing well among blacks in particular. Obama had been out of office now for, for several years, and he is coming back. But what exactly is his interest? Is it simply to pass a pivotal piece of legislation that he had basically carried for a long time and got it? to a point where it was passed, but still insufficient as he sees it, and it needs some more tinkering in order to be more comprehensively purposeful for Americans as a whole. So a lot of things are riding on this. This is not just Barack Obama, former president coming back to his old digs and to his old pal, and uh, having good times together and remembering the old fights. No, it's very deep, as we have been discovering here. Randy from New Jersey, what is your view? Hi, good afternoon to the PRN family. Um, good afternoon. Thank you. Um, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much. I agree with uh, the callers uh, that spoke earlier, Ed, um, uh, David, I think it was Gwen also uh, that all spoke about the uh, reintroducing of of, of uh, Obama to the community, uh, to the public discourse, um, to try to garner support for you know um, um, you know for the um, failures of the uh, Biden administration to try to address the base. Um, I see. See this in a different kind of light, beyond just the um, the propaganda of p positioning uh, this um, uh, discussion about Obamacare uh, in, into the limelight. Um, th that that in itself would take a long time to do. It basically took him almost uh, the better part of the second term to even get it in to. Um, uh, to be ratified as a part of the uh, 
uh, of the health care system. Uh, that's that's going to take a lot of time to argue about this stuff and to, you know, uh, flesh out any kind of new uh, amendments to it. Um, and that serves the purpose of creating a distraction from some of the larger issues that Biden could be facing, especially as it relates to his son, Hunter Biden, and what's coming ah, very good. with the Ukraine. Very good. And as well as that, Biden has suffered uh, humiliation uh, when he tries to speak publicly. And I believe that Obama is being called back to help become a PR person to speak out on issues that Biden might fumble on, especially as it relates to not just discussing the Medicare stuff, but also trying to smooth over this international quagmire that the Ukraine-Russia conflict has um, bec- uh, that has um, surfaced. Um, and they need someone that can speak to the international community and try to present some credibility to the administration because he's wavered on that front as well. Um, so uh, they're bringing him back to, I guess, be a buffer to the media and to uh, serious political critiquing that uh, could call into question his leadership and the corruption uh, 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 that had occurred in the past. Uh, and I think that that part of that is happening because uh, what has what what's what's really at underneath the um, Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden. Obama connection because that was done under Obama's administration is the fact that this whole apparatus is a part of the military industrial complex and this there are a lot of folks prior to Obama's administration and since his administration where uh, you know that um, have kind of acquiesced to the demands of the corporate military agenda uh, to kind of make money at the expense of creating war um, you know, Clinton was uh, basically um, um, impeached, and then he starts a war in um, Yugoslavia or Kosovo or whatever, um, Serbia, Herzegovina, I forgot the name of the country, but, you know, that served as a distraction. Thank you. Uh, it served as a distraction for what his misdeeds were in, in the presidency. So I, I, uh, I guess if, it all, if all the stuff came out, it would just go. It would cast a wider net than just Obama and uh, uh, Hunter and, and Joe Biden. It's going to really expose the, the 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 fact that both the Democrats and the Republicans have malfeasance and incompetence uh, and have bowed down to become the servants of, as David Think had said, servants of the empire. This is what it's all about: trying to create a buffer to protect the real people behind the scenes from being exposed. Well, thank you, sir. Excellent. You're welcome. Excellent analysis you gave us today. So many points to ponder. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that, Randy. I appreciate it. And you were so calm and so logical as you went from point to point. And so we followed you just the way you had planned it. (laughs) We obeyed you and followed you. Thank you so much. Henry from Chicago. What's going on? What is this 
picture that we are looking at, what does it really say? Well, good afternoon, Trees, and to uh, the PRN uh, listeners. I uh, hope you're doing good. Thank you. Um, yeah, you got a, uh, you, you, you got a superstar call lineup today. <laughs> so that's a, that's kind of a hard act to follow there in regards to uh, yeah. what everybody <laughs> has said. So yeah, so all the pressure's on me now. <laughs> yeah, and pressure's on you. <laughs> the pressure's on me. But, um, I think to add on to the last caller's point in regards to, uh, you know, and I was thinking about that too, uh, trying to hide the Hunter Biden incident. I also think too, and this kind of ties into, you know, the Affordable Care Act and bringing Obama back, that um, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to make some amendments about, you know, maybe what happens if another COVID spike or outbreak uh, brings. But also, too, I think this is also a cover of his uh, uh, his dropping the ball on this on this uh, uh, on this pandemic because statistics show that more people have died under Joe Biden's administration from COVID than Donald Trump, and you know, needless to say. That was one of the reasons why Donald Trump had lost the election because of his handling of the COVID. But statistically, uh, under Biden, there are more people that died under COVID than anything. So I think this is kind of a like a like a facade to, you know, kind of cover that, you know, kind of cover that uh, uh, negative statistic against his record. You know, which it, I mean, it's not hard to find things against Joe Biden, but I think this one would would definitely be something that he would want to cover since uh, the last president, uh, Donald Trump, had lost because of his handling of the pandemic. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. That was a great point that you made. I want to ask you, though, what is the point so far that we should have made by now, but nobody made it? Oh, Henry, are you there? Well, he's gone. So let me ask Jackie from Brooklyn. Uh, Jackie, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you and the family. Okay, I'm Thank looking you. at it from another perspective. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about Henry's um, allegations that more people died from the COVID. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyway, um, this is my take on it. Um, Kamala Harris is a woman of color. Uh, one of the selling points in the campaign was that we're now going to have a woman of color as the vice president of the United States. And I don't think anybody has uh, called the Biden administration out on the fact that it appears that they are squeezing her out. Of, uh, oh, yeah, we made that point today, as a matter of fact. That was a big point today. Right, but I'm saying in terms of uh, bringing back Barack Obama, that's part of it, you know, the plan to keep her minimalized. And um, where I'm, what I'm concerned about, what happened to all of the groups, um, the Divine Nine and various women's groups that were supporting Kamala Harris when she was being considered, and now we don't hear anything about uh, women in the workplace, those types of organizations. No one is questioning 
why isn't she being, um, you know, more center stage? So that's my uh, point on that. I think uh, they'll bring her back out again during re-election time or midterm time, and then they'll have her as a, a symbol. But the question is, does she really is she really functioning in the authority of her office? It's, I, I think this is very similar to, like, the uh, police commissioner here in New York City. You wouldn't know that there's a female police commissioner because every incident that happens, the mayor is there center stage. Not really giving her opportunity to express herself and to, you know, assert the authority of her office. So I think, uh, you know, people need to call them out on that. They need to call the Democratic Party out on that. The uh, Me Too movement and the women's rights and the blah, blah, blah movements. Uh, I don't know why they haven't challenged the Democratic Party and asked why isn't Kamala Harris given a greater exposure and greater authority that goes along with her office. So anyway, yeah, that's Barack Obama was a vice president. She is a vice president. We made that point earlier today. No, Biden was a vice president. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but I'm, Biden, about sorry. I'm referring to the womanist point of view in this. I, I don't know if someone brought that up earlier today. Regarding, regarding, you know, there's such a uh, groundswell on women in the workplace and how women are being treated. And I don't know if anybody's approached it from that aspect. No, uh, not really. It was mentioned, but only in passing, not right. as a central point. Well, that's my take on it. I think she's. Uh, they're going to bring her out again when it's time for midterms and for re-election, which means that they have a liberal viewpoint about women, you know, and equal opportunities, you know, the whole spiel. And then um, then they'll put it back in quietly somewhere else. So, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a, a problem, and I think women, and particularly women of color, should really, uh, you know, confront the Democratic Party about it. So All that's right. my take. Be well. <laughs> you, you have a good point there. Thank you, Jackie, for contributing today. One point that I thought would have come up, and it hasn't so far, is what is obvious. And it concerns Joe Biden's health. And we should ask questions about that. Is anybody prepared to ask the question about how Joe Biden's health may or may not be involved in this big political move as we get closer to the hour. This is a very big question. And in a way, it admits that Biden may not be able to, you know, uh, keep up with the pressure uh, because of health concerns or age concerns or whatever concerns. And Barack Obama, representing youth and vitality and, of course, the main thing of getting the Affordable Care Act passed. But in this go-round, there's something here that hints at Biden's health and why Barack Obama emerges as a very key player.
Could you figure it out? 888-874-4888. We have only a few minutes before we say goodbye. But that is a major consideration, I think. And uh, we ought to get some ideas of what you think about that, too. Would the point come to, to the attention of leaders of the party that Biden may not have the stamina and the stress, I mean, the stamina and the strength to really take this and run with it as a leader. But he would not be seen as encroaching on Obama's territory as Obama is uh, so widely identified as Mr. Affordable Care Act. So he gets shelter there, and he gets the old energy back from Obama to take a hold of this and, and run it through, and he could take it relatively easy. So in a sense, it's a, also an accommodation of facts that people have been thinking about within the Democratic Party, and that is, uh, is Joe Biden uh, able to keep up with these kinds of pressures of his office and you add that to what's going on in Russia and all over the world? And, of course, the domestic issues that uh, plague, continue to plague the administration without solutions. Maybe Obama's re-emergence has to do with more with that, too, that he's here. Nobody would find anything suspicious because he was so overly identified with the Affordable Care Act. So it's mostly health. But, I mean, the, mostly health care. But, in fact... One of the benefits of going this route, of having Obama carry the weight here, is that it takes, it takes a lot off of Joe Biden. And I think people are beginning inside the party to ask questions about whether he can hack it or not, whether the mounting pressures that he's experiencing are beginning to take a toll on him and he needs help. But that goes back to uh, Jackie's point. You have a vice president, a woman of color, and we don't see her anywhere at all. And that makes me question their political savvy because this is the time to really get her involved and to make her carry some of the pressure too, which I think, I think she is eager to do. Well, folks, you did so well today. I feel great about what you have offered for our consideration today. And let's meet up again tomorrow and talk some more stuff. Bye-bye.